Youth in Leadership and Exploits Conference 2021. Theme, Emerging a Leader and Financial Giant. Powered by Fairhaven's Christian Center. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. And it says, Before I formed thee, in the belly I knew thee, and before thou camest forth, out of the womb I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Alright? So we're supposed to talk about purpose. But here it says, Before I formed thee, I knew thee. I think this is one of the most, this is one of the clearest verses or clearest text in the Bible about purpose. Here he's talking about Jeremiah. He said, before I formed you. So who is talking here? God. Verse 4 says, the word of the Lord came unto me saying. So you see, when it comes to the subject of purpose, I found that the only way we can define purpose and the only way any believer or any human being can begin to address the issue of purpose, it has to start from God. There's no way you can approach the subject of purpose without starting from the creator. You know, years ago when I was in medical school, my first class in botany, my lecturer said, you know, that there was a, a reaction somewhere in a tube somewhere and then creation just happened. I said, this doesn't make any sense. Because when you look at man, just studying the body of man, you know that there must be someone behind it. There must be a creator behind it. When you know the complexity of the human body, talking about the human body alone, you know that there must be someone behind it that created this human body. So here it says, before I formed thee, he said, I formed thee. And he says, I knew you. So you see, God doesn't create a person first of all. So maybe you are here today, you are wondering, what is my life all about? You know, wh why am I here? There are questions in life. There are mind-boggling questions in life that every human being has to address. If you don't address those questions early, we're young people, right? If you don't address those questions early and have an approach, it is easy to waste all your life. It is so easy to waste all your life if you don't answer some salient questions about life. This is one of the big questions of life. That every human being must come to a place where you realize and you know the reason why you are here on earth. You must come to a point where you're, you're sure that you know why you're here. I don't know how to say it better than that. And it's a journey. It's not something you are going to arrive at overnight. It has to be a process. It has to be a journey. But that journey must come from God or must start from God. It must start from you realizing that you didn't just appear here by chance. The, the only person that can tell you your purpose in life is God himself. The only person that can, that can lead you on the path so that at the end of life, you get to the point where you know you have done everything, you have achieved the reason for which God created you. You see, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter your circumstances. It doesn't matter the problems you're going through right now. It doesn't matter the challenges around you. What matters is that you discover yourself early. How can you discover yourself early? You need to go back to the creator. If somebody manufactures something, you know, he was telling me about cars. He knows a lot about cars as we were driving. And he was talking about BMW cars. 
And he said the reason why many people that buy BMW cars struggle with that brand is because they don't even understand. They don't know that they need to, that in, in, in using those, that, that brand of car, all right, you need to have certain, a level, a level of understanding to be able to use the car effectively. So you just don't go to the market and say, I want to buy a BMW car, and then you begin to use it. You have to read, you have to study, you have to know the technicalities behind it so you can use it very well and not just waste your money. That's how life is. How can you approach life without asking the person that created you the reason why he created you? He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. So your purpose is not something that you, um, that you create, you discover it. You know, many times, if you read the stories of great men, many great men say that they actually stumbled into purpose. They say they, you know, by God's providence, God has a way of organizing things and orchestrating things. I've heard, I've heard Pastor Abayomi's story many times. He used to tell us all those stories those, those years about how he started and all that. You can see the hand of God at work. You can see the hand of God at work orchestrating events and God will eventually present an opportunity to you. You see, if you are here in this church today and you're a member of this church, you need to realize that it is not by chance that you are here. God orchestrated an event for you to be here today. It's not by chance that you are here today. So it's now left to you to either appreciate it and understand it and accept it or you can also decide to waste it. I, I found in life that when you see someone at the end of life miserable, having wasted all their lives, you will find that for, for those people, they have had opportunities that they wasted. People, you know, you can be in this church today, you think you are, you're, 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 you're young, and you think you have your, all your life ahead of you. But God brought you under a pastor in this place to lead you. You may have biological parents. I'm just talking about the Spirit of God right now. You may have biological parents. Many times, your biological parents are not as important as your spiritual parents. Oh, you, you, you didn't get that. Did you get that? Anybody got that? You know, some people, everything in their lives will track around their biological parents. But you see, when you find your spiritual environment... And when you are properly planted, that's one of the things God is going to use to, to lead you. But what did he say here? Let, let me read that text again. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I did what? I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. Even before he was born, there was already a plan. Before you came, there was already a plan for your life. Before you came, there was already a reason for your life. Now it is left to you. The onus is on you to discover that purpose. The onus is on you to find that purpose or else you will come to the end of life and you have wasted everything. And that, that's the case for most people. Kenneth Thiggin wrote a book that I think everybody should read. All right? It's titled Following God's Plan for Your Life. And he said, he said 90% of people that come to this earth don't even start the very first phase of their lives. It's very sad, but it's very true. Because they don't ask these salient questions. Why am I here? Why on earth am I here? Why are you here? You've got to ask and keep on asking. And keep on asking until you find that's the, that, that becomes a prayer point. Why am I here? All right, Because you cannot define 
your purpose, you can only discover it. You cannot decide your purpose, you can only discover it. No matter how young you are, maybe you're there today, you're just 15, or you're just a teenager, and you're wondering what is your life all about. Listen, life is very short. Don't think you have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. And if you're here today, God brought you here so you can hear such words and begin to plan for your future and begin to, to plan for your destiny. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. And it says, this is the Apostle Paul at the end of his life. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my cause. You know, when a person dies, when a person dies, people, people usually say, he has finished his race. Isn't that what people say? That he has finished his race. He has done everything. But the, the, truth, the truth is that most of the time when people die, they have not even done anything. They have not even started. I'm not saying they didn't make money, but they still, they still have not started. Right? You cannot define, listen to me, you cannot define purpose by natural things. You cannot define purpose by the amount of money you have. You cannot define your purpose. Someone says, my calling in life is to be an accountant. I, I disagree with you. Alright? I disagree with you because purpose is only defined by God himself. You may decide, for example, when it was time for me to go to school, my dad just said, fill in medicine. <laughs> he just said, fill in medicine. He didn't consult me. He just said, fill in medicine. All right? So I can now say that my purpose in life is to be a medical doctor. But I found along the line that my life was much more than that. That there is something inside of me that is much more than sitting behind a desk and, uh, and consulting or talking to patients or taking a history or doing physical examination, running tests, making diagnosis. I found there was much more to my life than that. Right? So you can't define your purpose by just a career. A career is good, and you better succeed in a career. It's good for your mental development. Right? Making money is good and important. God's plan for your life is not for you to be broke. But beyond all that, you need to realize that you cannot define your purpose by any of these natural things. Your purpose is only defined by God himself. Paul came to the end of his life and he said, I have fought a good fight. He was sure about it. He was still alive. He didn't die and then people said, he has lived a good life. He has fulfilled his purpose. No, no, no. He was still alive. And he said, I have already finished my course. So at that time, he was just playing extra time. How many of you follow sports? You know there's extra time. When you are playing extra time, the game is actually almost, even though these days, many matches are won in extra time. <laughs> Alright, but Paul was playing extra time here. Everything was over. He had already done everything. I think it was T.L. Osborne at the end of, of his life. He said, I've done, I'm, I'm finished. I've done everything. I'm not doing anything again. I have already finished my life, you know, my ministry. I've done everything that God placed in my heart. He knew it. So Paul here says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my cause. I have kept the faith. If you look at that word cause, that word cause actually, it, 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 in the original writing, it means a career. So you see, you may look at a natural career, but here Paul is saying, I have a supernatural career that God gave to me, that God led me into. 
if you, if, you, if you know the story of Paul himself, Paul was a Pharisee. It was never his plan to be a minister of the gospel. It was, was never his plan to be the one to write two-thirds of the New Testament. You see, many times in life, like I said before, God will orchestrate events so that you will see the providence of God. You will see the hand of God at work just moving you in a direction. That's why it's important from, a, from an early age to have a relationship with God. Don't let anybody tell you you are praying too much. Don't let anybody tell you you are, you know, you are too zealous, you are always in church. Don't let anybody lie to you at a very young age. You know, when I got born again, my dad thought I had gone mad. He actually was, <laughs> was very concerned. One time, we would just pray and pray and pray. I was just 17 or so at that time, 16 or 17. And I'll pray and pray and pray. <laughs> and you know, he said, Why you guys, why when you are singing praise and worship, why do you have to sing all the songs? Because we do praise and worship for one hour in our house. One hour, two hours, we're still singing. He thought I'd lost my mind. He wondered what happened to his son. But when God gets a hold of a person's heart, and I'm trusting God that in this in this um, convention, this this program, somebody will catch a hold of something. That you begin a pursuit of God like you've never seen it before. That you begin to seek after. You know, God has a way of planting desires in our hearts. When God plants a desire in your heart and you find yourself praying long hours, listen, it is for a purpose. You are preparing for the future. You are preparing for a destiny. You are preparing for a life beyond you. A life that will make impact. Let me just say this. You see, the issue of purpose is never about you. It's never about what you want. It's always about somebody else. Purpose is always service. It's always service. It's always giving out to somebody else. It's always defined by God, but it is always service to other people. But let, me, let me just read. He said, I fought a good fight. I have finished my cause. I have kept the faith. He says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Let me talk about that a little bit. He says, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not me only but unto all them also that love is appearing. You see this purpose when you, are, when you, are, when you are accept it when you embrace it listen, there is a reward for following God. There is a reward for discovering your purpose and obeying God. There, you know, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but when you, dis when you discover the real reason why God created you, he only rewards you for what he has called you to do. He doesn't reward you for the things you decide to do on your own. If God did not call you to do something and you did it, yeah, that's for you. That's not for God. He will not pay you for, for a job he didn't employ you to do. Are you with me this evening? Alright? So, it talks about the crown of righteousness, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. He says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. You know, I found these days, people don't preach about eternity anymore. Very few, <laughs> I don't know about you, but <laughs> I found very few people preach about eternity these days. People want to hear about money, and money is good though. If, you, if they give you money and you're not happy, there's something wrong with you. You agree with me? But I'm saying it's more than that. I'm saying it's more than that. Second Corinthians 5.10 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ 
There's going to come a day, listen, there's going to come a day that everything will be over. No matter how young you are today, one day it's all going to be over. I'm going to be 49 tomorrow. And I can't believe it. I still remember when I was 15, 14, 15, 16. Very clearly. So maybe you're there today, you're 14 or 15. One day you're going to be 49 like me. Whether you, whether you like it or not. It's going to happen. But more importantly, one day it's going to be over. Paul said, I have run my race. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I've done everything you called me to do. That should be the goal of every believer. That should be the dream of every believer. That at the end of it all, you can say, I've done everything. I'm dying empty. I've done everything you called me to do. I have fulfilled your purpose. Look at what he says. He says, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may give account. Now, salvation is not a reward. Salvation is a free gift of God. Ephesians 2, 8 says, we are saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You didn't earn salvation. It was given to you free of charge. Jonah 2, 9 says, salvation is of the Lord. We are saved by grace through faith, but after we are saved, there are rewards. After you are saved, the way you live your life, whether you decide to live your life for yourself or you decide to live your life for God, there will be rewards for it. That's what he's saying. He says we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, right? The reward seat of Christ, that everyone may give account of the things done in the body. When he says things done in the body, he's talking about things you have done in the body of Christ. For example, you are in this church right now. You're already counting your reward. If you are serving, you're already counting your reward. If you are winning souls, you're already counting your reward. If you are inviting people to church on Sunday, you're already, you're already counting your reward. If you are not, you're also missing out your reward already. And that applies to everybody. 1 Corinthians 3, 13. So the issue of purpose is a very serious matter. It, it, it is sobering. Because one day it's going to be over. Whether you like it or not, nobody wants to hear that. But it's true. But when you begin to live your life with that consciousness that you are living for eternity, you are not living for now, you are not living for just what you can eat. Yes, you have needs. Yes, you have desires. Yes, you have things you want. But your life is much more than that. You've got to begin to run your race today. I'm going to come to Hebrews 12 soon. And it says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. Every man's come and say every man's work. All right. If I let's start from verse twelve, he says, "Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, he is giving us different qualities of materials that people are building their the the let me use this way their eternity. What are you building your eternity on? I know you are saved." But what reward are you going to get when you stand? Listen, listen. There is a judgment seat of Christ for believers. It is not for unbelievers. What, what unbelievers are going to face is called the great white throne judgment. But believers have the, what is called the judgment seat of Christ. And at that judgment seat, all right, you, you're not, you're not, you're not going to be rewarded for what Christ did. You're going to be rewarded for what you did after you got saved. That's what he's talking about here. It says, every man's work shall be made manifest 
for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What kind of works do you have? What are you building for eternity? You know this thing is a lot to say. But it says in verse 14, it says, if any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, he shall receive what? A reward. Come and say reward. There's a reward waiting for those that serve God. There's a reward waiting for those who follow God. There's a reward waiting for God, for those who are, who are willing to run and follow him all the way. First Corinthians, pardon, not First Corinthians now, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, right, verse 1. Let's read verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. Come and say, lay aside. That is, you strip off. Listen, life, life, life sometimes can be a battleground. You strip off all those things to keep your focus on where you are going. When you catch a vision of God from a young age, you don't stop running. You keep running. Challenges will come. Jesus said, he said, in the world you would have tribulations. John 16, 33. But he said, be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. People think that, you know, when you are serving God, you will not face troubles. The Bible says persecution and affliction will arise for the world's sake. At one time in the life of Paul, he wanted to go to Jerusalem. Everybody prophesied. Agabus, the renowned prophet, said, the man that has this garment is going to be this and this is going to happen to him when he gets to Jerusalem. But he knew beyond the shadow of doubt. He knew the thing that he should do. And he went ahead and he went to Jerusalem. Listen, the fact that you are Going through things does not mean you are not serving God. So, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, it's so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. Come and say every weight. You lay aside everything. You lay aside the things that trip you up. You know, you can't be running a hundred meters race and you're wearing a gada. Does it make any sense? You've got to strip it off. Because this race is serious. If you plan to get to the end of your race, you need to strip off anything that can, that can clog you or that can be the clog in your wheel so that you can keep on moving on. Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And he says, let us run with patience. Let us run. Come and say run. Come and shout run. Let us run with patience. You know, sometimes in church when people are misbehaving, you know, Christians misbehave a lot. It's amazing. Many Christians misbehave. When people are misbehaving, and they say, you know what? It's because you are a pastor. That's why you are doing all these things. I tell them, just the same way you came to church to serve God, I also came to church to serve God. I won't allow you to use your own to disturb me. I won't say because you are misbehaving, I will misbehave as well. Because I also came here to serve God. I also came here to worship God. I have a purpose to fulfill. And if you decide to stop your own race, it doesn't mean I will stop my own. Because I have a race. He says, let us run with endurance. The particular race set before us. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, or the author and the perfecter of our... And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that through this seminar today, I pray in the name of Jesus that someone will catch on the fire of the Holy Ghost and will begin to run in the name of Jesus. 
I declare you will not be tired in the name of Jesus. I declare you will not be weary in the name of Jesus. No matter what the enemy is throwing at you, no matter the troubles, no matter the challenges, you will rise above the storm in the name of Jesus. I declare you will win in the name of Jesus. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has already overcome the world, even our faith. I declare in the name of Jesus, this series of teachings will start you off on a journey. And at the end of it, in 20 years time, 30 years time, 40, 50 years time, you'll remember you attended such a program as this. And something started in your life. And you'll never recover from it. At the end of your life, you'll be able to say with boldness and assurance, I have finished my cause and I have kept the faith in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Powered by Fairhaven's Christian Center.